This is the MLW Radio Network. It's time to start your day the right way with front row material. Starring ECW legends Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whipwreck. Now, let's welcome your host, Mike Freeland. So we are recording. Perfect. Mr. Jerry Lynn, it's good. Yeah, finally. Damn right. I tell you what. We've only been at this podcast thing for nearly two years, but you know what? We got it figured out. Oh. I can't believe it's been two, almost two years. You believe that? You believe that I hoodwinked no. you to uh, you 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 poor saps two years ago? Yeah, this is your fault. I know it is. It is completely entirely my fault. But I, you know what? I will say this: I like them glasses you got. Are those new? No, they're just readers. Oh, they're just readers because they look readers from. Uh, they're ready to break. They're cheapy readers from Dollar Store. Nice. Did you have the the LASIK done, or are you just good? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I look like the cricket from you, Disney. You no. look very, you look very professor esque, like you're about to. Yes. All right, everyone. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> That's what I look like. Um, Man. Yeah, probably, I don't know, 15 years ago I got the LASIK. But he even said then, he says, well, at your age, you're still going to need reading glasses. And I thought, why am I getting LASIK? Why am I spending all this money? Yeah. Wow. I I can't remember, probably about five years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. No, maybe it's longer than that. Maybe, I don't know. But it was shortly after I started that regular job working and in inventory control, I realized I need reading glasses. Did you ever realize or maybe have any conversation with people in wrestling who their eyesight started to go and that maybe affected their performance in the ring? Any conversations like that? or No. I always heard that uh, Stan Hansen was blind as a bat in the ring, so he had to really watch out when he's swinging that cowbell. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, that 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 could get pretty dangerous. That could get a little treacherous. Swing, swing swinging farm equipment around. Uh huh. Wow, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's always something that's kind of piqued my interest. Like, for me personally, I can't do contacts. I don't know why. I just can't. It's the I, whole poking yourself in the eye thing. It's kind of awkward. Me neither. It was both. It was a combination of I couldn't stand the thought of touching my eyeball or. My astigmatism was so bad. Right. So he's the doctor said, I'm the last person on earth who'd want to even try wearing contacts. Right. So for you, the whole LASIK situation, was it a pretty seamless, pretty easy process in and out or? I mean, it was in and out, but it was very stressful. Right. Because have you had it done? No, you haven't. Had no, it. I Oh, I have not had it done so, yet, but um, I've considered it. Well, and they explained to me what they were going to do, and I was already stressed out because they take a suction cup and put it right on. Well, first, they clamp your eyelids open, and then they stick the suction cup onto your eyeball that docks that the uh, laser docks onto. 
So if your eye moves, the laser will move with it. So there won't be any slip ups or anything. What happens but if you blink or something on accident? You can't. Your eyelids are clamped open. Well, they only do one side at a time. So you'll have, and then the whole time they're putting eye drops in your eye every so many seconds to keep it moist and numbing eye drops. Okay. Because they're actually taking a laser and burning the lens off your eye ball. So when they clamped them open, all okay. I could think about was the movie Clockwork Orange. Yes! <laughs> yes! And I, I'm just like, oh my God, inside my head. And the, the eye doctor, he says, Jerry, you seem a little stressed. I said, <laughs> I am stressed. And I told him, I said, that's all I can think of is Clockwork Orange right now. Oh my uh, God. Well, I mean, I can understand that. I mean, there's there's inherent phobias and maybe not even phobia is the right word, but just fears well, of being touched in your eye. Because we've all been poked in the well, eye. That's it. That's it. I mean, people who wear contacts, if they want to get LASIK, it's a breeze for them. Because they're used to touching their eyeball and stuff. But, right. you know, yeah, it, it was freaking me out. And then my astigmatism was so bad, it didn't take completely Mm -hmm. to 2020 right away so i think i had a year to do the touch-up so i mean i you know without it costing a bunch of money i think it cost right. like 180 dollars to do the touch-up but so i had to go back and do it again <laughs> so i tell you what a, what a treat <laughs> what a shit show oh my god well yeah. you but you're happy with your eyesight now though right you're you're well, not now because I got to go to the eye doctor again and see what's going on. I don't know if they could do LASIK again, but yeah, my eyes are getting worse. You wrestlers, I swear, the more I spend time with you guys, my God. Oh, it's my Un age. You sure it's not that, that chalk, that powder they throw in the in the face to, uh, to roll you up for a pin? What's well, that crap? All that eye gouging. <laughs> All the eye gouging. I mean, you're in an occupation, Jerry. That's that's not really good for any part of your body. Nut shots. No. Uh, eye gouging. No. No. Back raking. Yeah. Oh my god. And that. In that. Uh, what's the one? Again, I feel like a bad wrestling fan not remembering this move. It's uh, uh, is it an atomic drop where like their knee lands on your your tailbone or whatever like that? Oh yeah, there's that and the inverted atomic drop. Yeah, yeah, that sounds even worse. Even worse, yes. Yeah. My God. You know, yeah. besides the old traditional boot to the head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As if that's yeah. <laughs> that's more common. It's just right. let's just put a a foot right in someone's yeah. red face. Yeah. Yep. Well, you guys can probably tell by the conversation so far. It is myself and the ECW. Legend Jerry Lynn joining us here on Front Row Material. Mikey is not with us. Um, he is still struggling. And, you know, I've, I've talked about this before on social media, and Mikey's talked about it on a couple of episodes. It's touch and go. He's doing the best he can right now. He's trying to get himself healed up. But life is uh, life's tough. I mean, when you're in an industry like wrestling, and, and Jerry can tell you, with two hip replacements, it's it's bound to happen. And um, we just wish him the best and just keep healing. And we will see him when we see him. Yeah, I think he's going to need to go get an MRI. So I would consider physical therapy and the, the chiropractor is not, not doing it. So 
Let me ask you this on the topic of physical therapy. Have you ever, because I've been, I've had seven operations myself on my legs and yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't have to have those braces like Forrest Gump. Um, but if you did, you know, once again, no, no, no harm, no foul on that one. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I had the operations on my knees and my legs and I have a, uh, a bone disorder, which makes my bones a little more brittle. Uh, my mom has osteoporosis, so it could be kind of in the family. It could have been passed down to me. Uh, her her hips got passed down to me, but I will I will leave that alone. But um, are you saying you have breeder buns? I tell you what, man, <laughs> I'm ready to pop. Shoot, I'm dilated up to nine centimeters every day. I'm just ah, bring on the family, push. <laughs> but when it comes to physical therapy, the, the thing I keep thinking about is, and, and you kind of touched upon it with, with the physical therapy, obviously not working for Mikey and not every physical therapist is created equal. And you, you probably know this as well. Some people are really cool and relaxed about things. Other people like, it's almost like it's uh, the saw movies. They push you so <laughs> hard <laughs> I want to play a game. Yeah. It's called how many degrees can you get today? You know, it, it's just like one of those deals where it's like, like I get it. I, I, that's your job. You are there to, to make me sore and, and make it painful. However, it's in a progressive way. Um, right. But there was a girl, I was getting physical therapy done on my seventh leg operation and she was in there. And she had her ACL, PCL, and LCL completely redone everything. So um, she was, I guess, like a day post-op because they start bending you immediately. And mm -hmm. they gave her a towel. And they said, we have to, we have to bend you to so many degrees because they got that, that protractor-looking thing. And yeah. um, she, she, she did this. She went, ah! ah. What? She got halfway through a scream and passed, passed out. out. Wow. She passed out in the table next to me, and they literally said this. And I don't know if this is you know proper protocol or HIPAA or whatever, but they're like, "Hey, she's out." Mm -mm -mm -mm. They, they, yes, yes. They, 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 well, that's what I mean. Like roofie the shit out of me, or somebody just hit me with like a steel bedpan, like knock my ass out and then bend me. But yeah. they did. She came to. And um, they, they were like, well, my, my old boss, he had to get a knee replacement. And uh, he went in and he he's I get when he was doing physical therapy, it just wasn't bending far enough. Right. And so they he actually went in and they actually put him under and then torqued it to where it should yep. have been. One. And I, Which I wish they would have done to me with my shoulder when I had to get my tendon reattached and my rotator cuff. He knew I wanted to, you know, I was going to wrestle again. So he really worked me over good. He would bring me in a room and shut the door because I was selling it. <laughs> <I'll tell you>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? So uh, was there any of the surgeries or was there any moment when, you know what? I think I need to start contemplating life after being in the ring like at what point did that happen or was it just the mentality of a wrestler hey this is what happens you know and i i my need first, to just it was my first low back surgery when i ruptured a disc in my back and they had to go in and take a chunk out that that changed everything 
because then that pretty much ended my full-time career but i that's when my wife begged her boss to give me a job and thankfully he did but it wasn't at a lot of money right away so i still had to wrestle part-time to make ends meet and after every match my body was just screaming at me what are you doing so that yeah that first lower back once you mess up your spine that's a whole different ball game when it comes to wrestling because right. you can still come back after you know i'd already had knee and shoulder surgery so but that low back one that pretty much did me in you know we've heard you know wrestlers who've come back after injuries and whether it's a love of the game or whether it is financial uh, reasoning it, it that's all dependent on each individual person but when we heard edge was coming back after being gone for for nearly 10 years and it, i'll be honest with you it did surprise me just because everything i had heard that he had gone through sounded so scary and when uh -huh. he gave that speech you could tell it was the real deal and he didn't want to be in a wheelchair and well, anyway subsequently 10 years goes by medical advances happen your body heals etc cetera, etc cetera. but we know he has a uh, i guess it's a torn tricep right now and he gave an interview recently and he said man he goes torn tricep when i was 35 i mean it would have been a setback but he goes a torn tricep at 47 is a completely different thing and he said he's just going to need to take it even slower than he did before so yeah the older you get the slower you heal right is there anybody in wrestling i mean and i get it from a business standpoint but is there anybody that that actually pulls you aside at a certain point and says hey you might want to think about you know, transitioning into a different position within the company, or does those conversations ever happen in a in hopes of retaining the individual, but maybe shifting them in a different direction for what's best for them? I don't know. I've mentioned it to a, someone. I've told them, you know, I know you're smart with your money, and I say you, you might want to consider uh, uh, just be careful how long you're going to keep wrestling. I said because they have kids, and I said you're going to want to be able to play with your kids when you're done wrestling. Yes. And I told him, I said, I should have quit earlier before I did, but you know, and it's hard too. but, but once, you know, I, you know, I, if I would have hit the big money run, I would have quit sooner. Right. I was hoping I would eventually, but, but, uh, so this particular individual has, and, but, uh, you know, it's hard. But I, you know, I try and give people advice, you know, don't, don't overstay your welcome as far as your body's concerned, because you don't want to be half crippled up when you're done. Right. No, I agree. And I, and I think a lot of times some of the guys who, who have been uh, savvy and careful with their money and they're, they're there not because they need to pay the bills because they do enjoy it. I think one thing that would, if I were them, which would motivate me was to help the next generation. I want to be here to help the next group of guys. And I think it's pretty admirable that, that somebody would say, you know what? I want to do this for people who've done it for me. Um, but yet you're right. You just, the older you get, got to be super careful with uh, what you do and how you do it. Yeah. Plus, you know, you're more prone to injury too. And then who knows how many injuries you've already had that you could re-injure. Right. Or there, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of times when you have an injury, it was just something that was ready to go at any moment and you don't even know it, you know? 
It was something that was working on you for a while, and that would just happen to be the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. So, gosh, I feel bad about this, but this was, um, when was this? September September 22nd. So, I, I don't know. It's not that long. It was September 30th as we're recording this today. But you know how I uh, sometimes forget about listener questions, you guys, and everybody busts my balls, and everyone says, oh, my God, you didn't listen to my question, Christopher Butts. Uh, but I do get back <laughs> to people eventually. That's, I'm sorry. Had to do it. Had to do it. You know I love you. Um, I do have questions from uh, that Twitter session that I had going on that I will ask Jerry because All some right. of these questions were really good. People were asking more questions. Um so let me kind of throw this to you in this direction. An individual that you will be synonymously uh, connected to will always be uh, Rob Van Dam. And he and Katie Forbes recently left Impact Wrestling. Wait, when they're, it, they're done there? I believe from what I've read, they are officially done. Oh, wow. So, but um, let me ask you, when it comes to people that you've worked with in the past, uh, people like Rob, and I, and, and I mean, and I should probably preface this from a physical ability standpoint, there are definitely guys that you see or have worked with that you're like, wow, like it's just, it's very fluid. It seems very natural to them. Would you, I would put Eddie Guerrero in that category. I would definitely put Rob in that category. Um, and, and there's a ton of people, but is there anybody that you see nowadays anywhere or maybe even in the past you would compare they had the physical abilities as a high flyer like rob or icy rob like tendencies in xyz person oh you want me to name a person yeah or if you have somebody who you you know you've worked with or you've trained or you've coached and you're like Mm -hmm. yeah they're kind of like rob i i kind of see their abilities aj styles amen i would agree with you 100 percent he's uh I mean, gosh, he's been there, done that. Yeah. You know, he, he was when there. I, uh, when we had a feud in TNA in the early years, one night when we're going over a match, he says to me, uh, I'm your new RVD, aren't I? And I said, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, AJ was one of those guys who very, he was very special. And, well, I mean, still is special um, in, in a lot of ways because not only is he physically gifted, not only is he really good at telling a story, he's good on the microphone as well. I mean, he, he has the trifecta, and I think that's one re- – and he's taking care of his body too. And I think that's what's lent itself to his longevity. Long, long – yeah, it is longevity. Yeah, second-guessing myself here. But, um, yeah, AJ Styles, I would completely agree with that. I'm um, trying to think about – who would you say in that same category, and this can be anybody, that you would say has or has had or I think could have an RVD Jerry Lynn type of feud or an RVD whoever or a Jerry Lynn AJ Styles type of feud? Guys that just have great motors and they can go and anybody you see right now, you're like, yeah, these two guys, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of them in the future. Um Ricky Starks and uh, Darby Allen. That's a good choice right there. Very good choice. I think a lot of people who might not be familiar, and that was the thing with, and it still surprises me to this day, but I guess I should become a little bit more understanding of it. 
with the internet, with YouTube, you guys, there is so much wrestling that you can consume and so many independent promotions that you can watch their stuff online. I highly recommend you go watch some of these people that you may, you may see on Wednesday nights. And if all you know is seeing them on Wednesdays, wouldn't you agree, Jerry? Definitely go back and check out some of the stuff they did even before you became familiar with them. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think Ricky Starks is really good. I think Darby Allen has one of those personalities that is almost it's it's hard to kind of put into words it, it has that ambiance that feel that something that it's not just what he does but it's how he carries himself and i think jake roberts made a comment one time he said someone asked him the question they said well, well when does your match start he said it starts the minute i walk through the curtain that's when it yep. officially starts the way you yep. connect with people the way you look at people the way you know maybe you, you well prior to COVID, you know, do the high fives or whatever like that as you're walking. And there's so many nuances that I think are so important in telling that story. Would you agree? Yeah, that's what uh, Brad taught us in camp. He said, you should always assume there's someone in the audience that has no idea who you are. So the minute you step to that curtain, you begin to tell them who you are. Yeah, I like that. I think that... You know, you only have so much time, and sometimes you'll have, what, four, five, six minutes? And in your mind, do you think as a performer you have things in your mind that you want to do? Maybe not necessarily in the match, but, man, I really want to work on connecting with the audience. Or I really want to make sure the next time I go out, I pause a little bit longer. Or I do this a little bit differently. Do you ever feel like you critique yourself in that regard? Yeah. Well, I was always my own worst critic, so... I, you know, and it just comes at different points in your career, I think, because, you know, early on, you're probably worried about, uh, you know, all your moves and stuff, and you're not thinking so much about, uh, I don't know, it's just, a, you know, like, it will change as more as more experienced you get, what what you're going to concentrate on improving on. And, you know, it's, it's all part of the learning process. So with, with agents... And I know there's all different ones and everyone has different philosophies. After somebody has a match, is this something where you you meet up afterwards and, and kind of like, well, I'm in student teaching right now. So just to kind of give this a, a point of reference, I deliver a lesson and my mentor teacher has notes and she has this form she fills out and she writes things that she thinks went well, things that could have went well, things I could have tweaked and done better. Is that kind of the relationship with an agent? They say, hey, uh, let's agree to meet up at this time. These are some things I want to go over. Or is it maybe not necessarily that formal? No, usually it's right after the match. But then there's a lot of times where I'm looking at my notes or looking at my stopwatch and I'm you know, talking to the director and whatever during the match. So I'll miss a lot. So I'll always watch it later and then either give them a call or talk to them next TV or something, or, or also sit down and watch it next time with them together. As a, as a coach and as a teacher, cause that's basically what you are. You're, you're a mentor, you're a teacher. Do you ever phrase questions back to them to make them retrospectively look at themselves instead of just giving feedback, say, will you tell me what you think? I have, here and there. Yeah. Okay. You know, I might do that more often to tell you the truth. And it's something that I picked up on. Like when I was my mentor teacher, I, I delivered a lesson and instead of her saying, well, this is my thoughts on how you did. She gave me some of that, but then she said, I want you to tell me 
I want you to watch it back. I want you after, you know, a day it goes by, remove yourself because sometimes you're so pumped up. You're like, oh, I did awesome. And then when you cool down and you look at it, start developing some questions that you think you could have improved upon. And I kind of look at wrestling in that same way, that whole mentor, wrestler, agent, whatever you want to call them, relationship. Because, I mean, to be honest, that's the only way you grow is by getting feedback and being open-minded. Right, right. So, got so many different things here. I wrote up an agenda and I sent it to uh, to our our producer, and then our producer is not available at the moment. I was was like, there any uh, other fan questions? Yes, and that's what I was going to pull up. I was going to pull up some of these uh, these fan questions because they were excellent. Oh man! I'm trying to think, you uh, you did send me a a note, like a screenshot. Yeah, let me look here. Let me see here. Folks, this is exactly why pre-production is important because Mr. Mike just does not. Uh... Oh, this was hilarious. So Andy Miller, mm-hmm. uh, Andy Miller's with N- NYWC Wrestling. So there's a picture on social media that that was going around. I think you sent it to me. It was um, it was Mikey with the plunger stuck to his head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before, I guess it was Psycho Circus. Well, anyway, he sent me the link so I could actually watch the whole thing. Jerry, I'm going to have to send that to you as well so you can yeah. – uh, you can see that because he was like, oh, yeah, I heard you guys talking about that. And he said, I uh, I thought I would send this to you. So let me see here. Uh, shopping cart incident, too, during one of them Psycho Circuses? I am I brand new to Psycho Circus, so I'm going to have to I'm going to have to probably uh, do a little research on I'll call someone and see if there was. I think there was. NYWC is really great, too. So check out their website and they. I'm sure I have DVDs that you can purchase um, and check out their prior shows. Great organization. Another great organization is Warrior Wrestling, and I give them a ton of credit. They have they've done their shows almost kind of like the, uh, the I guess the the drive-in style. And what? I thought, yeah, they're doing oh, like a drive-in style. Where you just park in your car, you're sitting in your park, car, park in your car, or it's like on a football field, like a local high school football field, and then I guess you can either pull out your lawn chairs. But oh, it's wow. got the ring, and then everybody around – it's almost as if when everyone has their own little campsite. And you just oh, – uh, you, you chill out, and you, it sounds like a freaking awesome idea. Like, I think that is genius. So, Yeah, like a drive-in movie, but instead it's drive-in wrestling. That's right. Gosh, let's see here. I tweet like a son of a gun, too. Jeez, I need to slow the shit down. Man, I, it's like <laughs> – Here's the problem, Jerry. I get, I, I, I'm either like, oh, I'm bored or whatever like that, or I take a break from something, or I'm on the crapper. It, I mean, literally, let's be honest. Let's keep it real. Oh. And uh, and I'm like, oh, I really want to talk addictive. about this. What's that? It's addictive, isn't it? It is. Addi- Wait a minute. Being on the crapper or tweeting? <laughs> tweeting. <laughs> oh, yes. Tweeting. Tweet. Yes, you're right. Um, all right. So I got the questions here. So let me let me pull these up here. Uh, in, in another organization, God, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving plugs everywhere, my friend. But AAW Uh-oh. is uh, is is coming back. We saw the revival of AAW. They've made some uh, announcements. Uh, Danny Daniels has stated that they are coming back. There's a there's a whole card. Check them out on Twitter. AAW Wrestling. Sure. You can check them out on their website. Good organization. So our good friend Trent Zaberry has a question, and he says, "Dear Jerry." 
You've had so many amazing classic matches during your early time in TNA slash Impact Wrestling's X Division. What was your favorite match and your favorite opponent? I know we've kind of touched upon this in prior episodes as far as whatnot, but any famous, because I think X Division still to this day, back when it was in its heyday, and, and I'm not dis- disparaging against anybody doing it today, but when it was like you and Joe and Christopher Daniels and Kazarian and Elix Skipper, like that was intense. Like that was awesome. So any favorite X division matches, whether it was a themed match or just a normal one-on-one that stands out or. Well, you know, there's, I had a lot of fun matches with AJ and then he and I had a triple threat with uh low key. And then we had mm-hmm. a triple threat ladder match with low key. Um, I had a really good match with amazing red singles mm-hmm. match. Uh, I had a good feud with uh, just incredible there. I had a, Good match. Oh, had a good match with uh, X Pac there. Um, what else? A lot of good memories there. A lot of fun matches there. Did you ever do an Ultimate X? No. Okay. Which I'm glad because why do I want to fall from an even higher height? <laughs> you know. I, I always it's when bad I first up on a ladder. <laughs> so. And you're on that you're on that zip line in an X, and you're kind of just you know shimmying like you're in the army on that. I always felt like that was so super dangerous. Like, oh, I'm surprised uh, no one got their neck broke on that. But it's it's one of those things that uh, makes Impact Wrestling stand out from uh, from a lot of other organizations. If I seem like I'm like twisting my head like there's a fly in the room, it's because I got these crap earbuds. And they keep mm-hmm. falling out, so I don't have a tick or anything. It's just I can't sit still with these damn things. That's like someone said, uh, told me, they said, I'm twitching right now. I'll call you back in an hour. And I said, twitching? Are you having a seizure? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, and, and it's so funny because it, it's a play on words, but it has so many you know meanings now, meaning they were twitching. Right. I assume they were either on the Twitch channel or streaming or yeah. video gaming. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to confess. So, <laughs> so one of my uh, professors had uh, contacted me and uh, she called me on the phone and she said, she said, Mike, did you turn in this assignment? And I was like, yeah, of course I did. Like I always turn things in early and everything. And she's like, are you sure? And then I said, Yes. I am super anal. I am anal hardcore about turning in my assignments. You said anal hardcore. I said yes. And then literally she paused. And like, once again, that is using a phrase that is widely accepted, I guess, in jargon. I've never heard anyone use that phrase. No, stop. I am hardcore anal about stuff. Anal hardcore. I have never heard someone say that before. Okay, or hardcore anal. You've never heard someone say that. Yeah, either or. That's a first. So have you heard people say, you know, they're very anal about this? Yes. Or anal retentive. Okay. Yes, and that. So wait a minute. I throw the word hardcore in, and all of a sudden it's like. Yeah, well, she she paused. She paused. I'm sure she did. You're you're what? I was like. I would have. 
I would have paused too, which I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably thinking, should I be concerned? Yeah. <laughs> Yet another reason. Yet another reason. But yeah, they're just different yep. phrases that people use that, you know, have different meanings. And you just have to be careful. Oh, All right. Thomas Fossetti, kitchen sink. <laughs> Why is it that I know these people by their uh, their ring names, I guess, more than I know them by their regular names? His question is, what's Jerry's favorite spots? Oh, my God. Uh, during his, any favorite spots you like doing? Uh, maybe specifically with RVD at the time. One of mine was when Jerry repeatedly trying to reverse Rob's Northern Light Suplex with a DDT, almost losing it, then spiking Rob with a DDT. Oh, let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There were so many. <laughs> yeah, why do I, I guess... feel like you and Rob are like that 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 married couple that has been divorced for like 30 years, and anytime you go to a barbecue, they're still asking you about the, the, the other spouse, and they're like, what the hell, man? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. well I guess I like the first time you know how when he would go into the splits on the drop down yes I do yeah well no one ever did it so finally I asked him if we could do it and I stopped and dropped a leg on the back of his head while he was in the splits and then he sat up and I drop kicked him out the ring and whatever I don't know I can't remember but I just thought why hasn't anyone ever dropped a leg on him so, well, I've seen that it just escalated where he would move when I'd go to drop the leg and he'd try and kick my teeth out of my face. And then I'd duck <laughs> that. And then, you know, we just kept on countering each other. But that, and then uh, there was a spot that really, uh, it was a series of spots. It was the one he was like, no, I know what he was talking about. Um, it was uh, a series of spots. And the I can't remember the first one. I think he ended up giving me a Northern lights on the chair. And then I ended up giving him a sunset flip power bomb out of the corner, a springboard sunset flip power bomb out of the corner onto the chair. And then we ended up doing something with Fonzie on the apron with the chair. And I ended up uh, jumping up over his low leg sweep and dropping a leg on his head onto the chair. And that just, that spot I really enjoyed but because it, it, it was something completely new, and then you could just tell it, it just changed the whole um, tide of the match, and you could just feel the heat rise in the building with the crowd. That um, that guillotine leg drop within the ropes, you know, when you try to fake somebody out, and then all of a mm -hmm. sudden you, you drop it on. I've seen that happen a ton, um, especially after I've watched a lot of your stuff. So. Do you ever notice that a lot of the stuff that you did, um, you know, you're like, ah, I see. Very nice. Like but guys will tell me ahead of time. They'll go, yeah, we're going to do the Jerry Lynn. Yes. And I'll say, what's that? And then it'll be some spot or move I used to do. So I, I, nice. It's a nice little shout out. It is. It is. And, and I noticed that, especially when I see people do, um, the um, the sit down drop kick, like when your opponent is sitting down and they get drop kicked. I noticed that was one of, one of the things that I, I picked up about you that you did a lot as well, which I thought was super cool. Yeah, I was on uh, Shining Wizards 500 episode podcast, and they talked a lot about – I'm going to have to bring up some things that they mentioned. Um, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I was on their 500th episode, and they were talking a lot about Jerry Lynn questions, and I, I will get to the oh, – uh, I'm so the, sorry. 
Yeah. No, no. I, I almost felt like I was like a brother. Like, I'm a, like your brother, Jerry. Like, like, can you like have him like call us? So I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but they're but they're, they're awesome dudes, and they're big oh, no, Jerry they're Lynn, really nice. big Jerry Lynn fans. So, what I was gonna say is, did you ever find out from uh, from Mister Moxley if the uh, the blood painting was? Uh, did you ever end up having that conversation with him when he painted his chest with the blood? Yeah, I asked him. I said, so I heard it did a little shout out to me. He says, what do you mean? I said, I said the, the, the blood on the chest. He goes, oh, yeah. He, he says, yeah, I did steal that from you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Folks all over the Internet, you have your answer now. That's what I thought. It was super, super cool, and it uh, it just worked. It just worked. Um, so I, I've seen a lot of people do things, especially people that I know you've had relationships with and you've had influences with that have done things that I'm like, wait a minute, I know where they picked that up on. But, uh, yeah, it, it is, has to be humbling to know that, you know, your impact in the industry is really respected and people, you know, they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And, and I believe that I think it, it truly is. And, um, that's pretty cool. That's yeah, pretty cool. I, I just, you know, I always wanted to just give them something to remember. And you definitely did. Um, the Shining Wizards uh, podcast was saying there is a phrase in the wrestling industry because they've God, they've talked to so many different people and 500 episodes. And, and I'm so proud of what they've accomplished because they are legitimately funny as hell and they are kind and generous with their time. But they say, and, and I'm going to. I'm going to butcher this, so they're probably going to bust my chops on this, but uh, there is a phrase. You just said it was doing the Jerry Lynn, but they said there's another one called, um, oh. oh my gosh, it has something to do with you being super nice. Like, oh, he's a Jerry Lynn, meaning like the nice people that are in wrestling. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a Jerry Lynn. Oh, so really? have you ever heard of that? People who oh, are yeah. like generally really nice? Uh-uh. Yeah, and, and like I said, I'm probably not saying this the correct way, but um, they were saying they wanted me to ask you, are there, is there any people, and I know you, they they said, one thing Jerry has, has never been, he's never said a disparaging word about anybody, and I said, he, he just, that, that's just Jerry, you know? Or I may have in the past when I was angry with somebody, I don't know. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> hey, that's life, but. Usually it's someone who did something stupid to hurt me. Exactly. But. Um, there's a couple of names I want to throw out to you that I think seems super, super nice. And, and maybe I think I'm right about these because I've done my research. The one is, uh, the recently departed Kamala. I've heard he was nothing but kind. I, I didn't run into him much except a little bit in ECW, but he was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have heard and I've seen his interviews and talk about just a down to earth guy. And, yeah. um, Kind of brings me to kind of some sad news, um, and I know this is a little bit dated, so I do apologize, everyone. Um, Road Warrior Animal. I mean, it would be wrong for me to not address this and and bring this up. I was not aware that there was anything going on because um, he's always a part of conventions and interviews and podcasts. And to me, Jerry, he always seemed like he was the part of the tag team that was so level-headed and family man and just – Loved what he did, but he was really dedicated to the to the the home life, and you know his kids have great memories of him. So, what were some of your memories of Red Warrior Animal, and were you? How did you find out about what had happened, and what were your thoughts? Um, someone 
I think, uh, messaged me that morning. And then I looked on Twitter and it was all over the place. But uh, yeah, like you said, I've seen him at conventions and stuff. I mean, recently too. And, well, you know, before the COVID and all that, but uh, he seemed fine, seemed healthy as a horse, you know, that, so I don't know. But uh, no, he was always cool with me. Both of them were. Road Warriors, him and Mike were really nice. And even one time, a bunch of us were at uh, Brad Rangan's place just working out in the ring. And it was Animal and his younger brother. And I'm trying to think who else. Mike Enos, Wayne Bloom, a few others. But we were all just, it was almost like an eight-man tag. Everyone just taking turns, tagging in and out, just working out in the ring. It was fun. Well, because you were part of the Minnesota crew. I mean, obviously, you had the Road Warriors. You had... Mr. Perfect, you had Rick Rude, um, obviously you, Brock Lesnar. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, and I know I'm, I'm leaving people out here, but just some of the names that, that come off the top of my head. Um, God, so many people came out of Brad Rangan's camp and so many people from the Minnesota area that are just legends. Um, how would you put into perspective Brad's contribution to wrestling as far as a trainer and a mentor? Um as it's compared to people nowadays who, oh, I'm going to run a wrestling school. I mean, what was that like, and, and what's your relationship with uh, with Brad now? Um, Brad's school was tough, but he would he would weed out who really didn't want it. Not in a mean way, just in a tough training way, because he didn't want to waste his time. So, you know, and he would only teach basic fundamentals, which is what I think <laughs> I, I just recently did a seminar and he said, what would you say is missing in wrestling nowadays? I said, basic fundamentals. Cause right away, everyone wants to jump to the top rope and do a moonsault or a shooting star press or something without even knowing how to wrestle. And the first two weeks we weren't even allowed to get in the ring. So it was all on amateur mats and, you know, and we started each, each camp with a, couple mile run down the road and back so it wasn't easy it was tough but uh um when you got done you knew your basic fundamentals which is what everything is built on you know and based on and then if you wanted to learn the more crazy dangerous stuff that was on your own time you know but uh i i hadn't talked to brad for years and years and the last time i saw brock I asked him if I can get Brad's number and he gave it to me and I called Brad and left a message and I didn't think I was going to hear from him, but he called back about a month later and it was probably, I don't know, maybe six months ago, something like that. But, uh, I just called him. I just wanted to thank him. So it was, it was nice to catch up with him. It is. And it's, it's neat to see, you know, to see former students come back and thank their, they're mentors for what they've done for them and, and how they've taught them. And, and I feel like, I feel like there is a contingent of people out there, even to this day who are very appreciative. And I, obviously I'm not saying there aren't, but there are some people who I think, at least from my perspective, who've gone through their training and then they kind of do their own thing. And then you have those loyalists that I refer to as where they do pay homage and they do thank their, their trainers and they do stay in contact with them as well. And that was kind of the, the situation we saw with Mikey and the guys that he had trained and when they would have their WrestleMania moments. And I know that he told me 
that was one of the greatest fulfillments when it came to his entire body of work in wrestling was to see the people that he had an involvement with in their development, their careers, make it to, you know, the professional ranks to be successful, um, to have a good reputation with how they work with people, respect people, but be champions on, on large stages. That's gotta be a great feeling for you as well. Um, I've had a couple of people thank me and you know, it's really nice. Yeah. It's, um, I'm trying to think, I don't know if I should say or not. <laughs> uh, you are not pressured to say anything you don't yeah, want to. I'm not going to gonna say because it was someone, it was at a, a ring of honor show and they pulled me aside in an empty hallway. So I'm just going to keep it anonymous, but understandable respect. He that. just, uh, he pulled me aside. He said, can I talk to you a minute? And so he says, I just want to thank you. He says, I wouldn't be where I'm at without you. Wow. And that was nice. That is nice. That's some heavy shit right there. I mean, and I've had someone at maybe uh, there's been others, but no, it's a nice feeling that, you know, and you know, I don't do it. I mean, I've, I help people out because that's what I want to do because, uh, and you know, it's just, I don't expect anything in return, but it's a good feeling when they do. Thank you. I was, I was looking here at some of the questions. Some of these are directly related to Mikey. So maybe I should hold on to these until we see Mikey. Um, all right. Well, I think this was a good one. This is from uh, Shining Wizards Tony. Once again, check out Shining Wizards podcast. Awesome people love their shirt. You know, speaking of this real quick before I get to uh, to Tony's question. So on the 500th episode, so it's all virtual. So we're all got our cameras on and we're doing different things. And I just happened to have my FRM pod. Shirt. I knew it. I wait. You had which shirt on? Exactly. Exactly. I just happened to have my FRM pod shirt on. So anyway, they're busting my balls. And and I love it. They're like, ah, you know, we got you this shirt, man. What's uh, what's the deal? It's like the 500 show. Where's your shirt? And so I said, oh, I said it's it's in the laundry, which it was because I just wore it the day before. And uh, one of the guys was like, prove it. And I was like, wow. So yeah. So literally, I took my computer, I unplugged it from the the, the power source or whatever, and here I am carrying this laptop just like this. I carry it all the way over to the dryer. And uh, boom, there was the shirt. And uh, I then pulled it out, very NWO-like, and I, I put it on top of my FRM pod shirt, and it it went over well. But uh, but yes, so. You should have told I, them you were sending subliminal messages for them to buy our shirt. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> buy our merch. Yes, the reverse merch whore. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> The merch whore order. And I and I wear – it's funny. I wear my merch whore order shirts. Uh, I wear them out as well. I wear my Mandama stuff. So trust me, I wear all of that stuff, and I am very grateful for that. So little short story about Shining Wizards. Let me get to his question here. I think this is a good one. All right. Ask the guys who they would put in an ECW version of the Legends House. You can oh, also Lord. you can also pick from guys who are departed and no longer with us. All right, Jerry. Oof. You're gonna put some guys in a legends house. You wanna have a you're gonna wanna have some guys in there who are gonna be a little combative. You know, what I mean rub little elbows. Maybe oh, somebody stole somebody's microwave popcorn. 
Well, of course, Sandman. Say, yeah. There we go. So we got Sandman. Sabu. Okay, Sabu. Well, you gotta have Fonzie with Sabu. So they're gonna be roommates. They're gonna be sharing a bunk bed. Um. Uh. Well, if you got Fonzie and Sabu, you gotta have RVD. And okay, then so- New Jack. Oh <laughs> my god. All right, New Jack. Um, let me think. That liability's on your shoulders now, but okay. Uh, Taz. Okay. Probably Axel Rotten. God, there's so many. Um, Why do I feel like this was a failed opportunity, a golden opportunity? It was. To- even that whole time I was in ECW, I thought uh, someone should be running around with the camera filming everything behind the scenes. I agree. Because that was just as entertaining, if not more. I believe it. Yeah. The whole time. Uh, probably, uh, God, I'm trying to find my brain farting now. Would you throw Todd Gordon in there? I don't know. I didn't know Todd Gordon very much. Because okay. when I got there, he wasn't there anymore. But I'd, I'd run into him at different shows. Right. Well, let's see. Well, I guess you got to have Paul Heyman. Um uh, there's so many guys. Probably uh, Johnny Grunge. We got to have tag team Rocco and Johnny. Um, Jerry, you're just you're gonna put the whole roster in. I know the whole roster was entertaining. <laughs> what, what have you? Did you guys ever think about doing like a? Uh, and I know I've kind of joked around about this, but like a corporate retreat, what would that have been like if you all, all you ECW people would have gone on like a, like a team building thing where you talk about your emotions and you do those nesty iced tea uh, plunges where you have to catch each other and all that kind of jay. Would that have worked at all? No, no, not at <laughs> all. It would have just turned into what it always turned into a giant party. And then we would have never been allowed back at that facility. <laughs> <laughs> totally banned. Yep. Wow. Yep. That was a special group of people, man, because they were so unique with their personalities. Like, oh, and, and, Candido. Yeah, how could I forget him? Uh, the whole crew. The whole yes. Crew. You'd have to have the whole crew. That's awesome. Very cool. So, Shining Wizards, Tony. Uh, from September 22nd. I hope that you uh, you got your question answered. Mojo Riverfish basically said, any road warrior memories besides uh, when Hawk uh, crapped his pants? And uh, then then uh, Curtis Dare jumped in. Holy shit, he shit, he shit in the ring. And that was just his response to, uh, that was just his response to what had, uh, what had allegedly happened with uh, a pooing incident, I guess. Yeah, no, that wasn't Hawk that did it. That was just Mikey's impression of Hawk saying that about yes. what someone did. Okay. Yes. Hawk. Well, there's some things I can't say. <laughs> there's one story I won't say. <laughs> Although there is, uh, I was watching, I think I brought this up before it was, a uh, in Minneapolis, a news station had, you know, the investigative team mm-hmm. that would go out and do document or, I don't know, special investigations on different things happening around the city. Well, they were investigating cops who were going, who were supposed to be walking the beat, but they were going and sitting in the movie theaters downtown Minneapolis while they're on duty watching the movies. Oh, wow. They were staking out this movie theater one night. It was the Skyway Theater, and they caught an assault. 
And it just happened to be Animal and Hawk. And Hawk started, <laughs> I don't know what this guy was saying. This guy picked a fight with the wrong two guys. Anyway, the guy ended up down in the doorway of the movie theater, and Hawk was just putting the boots to his head. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but wow. Th this guy had to really antagonize him really bad because Hawk didn't walk around. Then neither one of them walked around looking for fights, you know. But right. it's always, you know, idiots who are going to find the biggest guys they see and try and pick a fight with them. That's crazy. But you know what? They they had no, uh, there was no reservation if they have to defend themselves in public. I oh, assume. no, not at all. So I, I would also assume if you were, uh, you know, having to go somewhere, those would be two guys you, you would like to have with you. Oh, yeah. I always felt safer on those two. Can you imagine a trio, I mean, managed by Paul Ellerling, of Brock Lesnar and the Road Warriors? Oh, geez. Oh, my God. That that might be the most scary trio of people. Period. I don't know. There's been some others that are pretty scary. Dick Here's Slater, a, Dick Murdoch. <clears throat> very true. The aforementioned um, barbarian and Ming. With with the whole Ming thing, I'm glad you brought that up. Is a lot of that true? You think with his. Um, and I don't feel like he would be an aggressive person in general. But if push came to shove. And I know he could handle himself, but was he, could he really turn up the notch as well if he needed to? Cause you hear stories about, you know, he bit someone's nose off or, you know, um, somebody started some crap at a bar and he ended it. Was that really the case? Or do you think that's just kind of wrestling lore? Oh no, that's the case. Wow. That's amazing. I would love to get a chance to talk to him sometime. Oh, he's a sweetheart. That's what I've, that's, 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 that's what I've heard. These, you know, back in the day, all these big guys, and I've witnessed it. You'd see the smallest guys go and try and pick fights with these guys. And I just would never understand it. So that is, uh, those are all of my questions there. Um, I had, I had something I wanted to bring up. What was that? The side dishes? Yeah. I wanted to bring up the side dishes here. Cause I want to ask you a question. Is there protocol for when you have a main dish? What is acceptable to accompany that with a side dish? Is there a protocol? No. Or do you say... Whatever you're in the mood for. Okay. Very good. Why? Do you think there's a protocol? No, I don't necessarily think there's a protocol. I've been told by my wife that if you're serving this, you probably shouldn't serve this with it. I will say this. If I'm having fish, I would mm -hmm. rather have it on a bed of rice or with rice instead of a baked potato. Okay. You uh, is it is it, is it a carb thing or you're just know. not a baked potato person? I think it just makes the whole meal lighter. Right. I'm I'm gonna throw out a food, and I want the first thing that comes out of your mind to tell me yes that that should be eaten with that. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, okay. So, example: if I say the word, if I say shoes, first thing that comes to mind that's associated laces. with shoes would be very good, very good. <laughs> I was going to go with socks, but you know what? We'll go with laces. This is this is going to be a fun game. Oh, great! Are you psychoanalyzing me? No, don't even worry about it. We're in trouble. Did man. you write that down? Write that down. You said that. Okay, We're in you're in trouble now. Yes. <laughs> or okay. I'm in trouble. Okay, so here we go. Uh first thing nurse, I'm going to say, nurse. 
Uh, pancakes. Syrup. Uh, hamburger. Cheese. Okay. No, I'm talking about the sides. These are these are oh, side sides. foods, I'm not sorry. not condiments, sorry. not like oh, pancakes would be sausage. Pancakes and sausage. Okay. Uh, grilled cheese. Uh, tomato soup. Oh, very good. Um, I'm gonna say, let's see here, cod. Oh, um, steamed asparagus. Oh, very specific on that one. I like that. Mm. Uh, steak. Um, ooh, au gratin or Leonese potatoes. Oh, very good. So not as not a necessarily a steak and a baked potato guy, but you're still staying right. in the baked potato family. But you're going au gratin. Yes. Au gratin is addictive, man. That is so mm. good. Oh. Yeah. All right. Uh, macaroni and cheese. Um, meatloaf. See, that's very first. Meatloaf would be the main, but the mac and cheese would be on the side. Oh, good. I like it. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. I'm going to say tacos. Tacos? Uh, oh, uh, I don't know if this would count. Well, it can count as a side. Guacamole. Very good. That will count. Why is guacamole like somehow the price of, of gold? Like what what makes guacamole like oh yeah, I would love to eat guacamole. All right, sir, that's gonna be nine ninety nine extra. Like why? Well that depends. Is it a place where they actually come and mush it up in that El Mocajete at your table? An what? El Mocajete? Is that how you say it? Isn't that the tools they use? The little I bowl? have no I, I I thought I was gonna say bowl and spoon. Well, yeah. Look at you, Jerry. <laughs> Somebody's eating. Someone's eating at fancy restaurants. <laughs> El Mogahete. I'm going to have yeah. to try. Yeah, nice. Um, There's actually a Mexican restaurant in town here named that. Oh, but okay. I love when they, you know, a fresh, freshly made guac instead of something that's been sitting in a bowl all day. So are you a Chipotle guy? Do you like Chipotle? or Yeah. yeah. But I usually get the bowl instead of the burrito that's the size of a football. Yes, it's like a newborn. Sometimes yes. uh, when I pull it out of the bag, I burp it first. <laughs> and then I eat it, which is very cannibalistic and creepy. You cradling it, too. I would cradle it. Yes, I would. And talking baby talk to it. You, you are so cute. Come here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. Um, yeah, no, all right, wow. So you you answered things pretty close to. Uh, I would say what I would answer them to. What about waffles? Waffles. Um, wow. What do you eat with waffles? Probably bacon. Bacon. Okay. Have you ever had the uh, the chicken and waffles? Have you ever had that combination? Annabelle was just trying to coach me. She's going chicken, chicken. chicken. It's I. I <laughs> no, literally yeah. I. No. I've literally recently just had that. A friend of ours invited us over and made it with like. Nope. <sighs> what kind of chicken is it? Fried chicken? Fried chicken. Fried chicken yeah, on top of a large of Belgian chicken. waffle. I'm not a big fan of fried chicken. You're not a fan of fried chicken? No. Is it because you're health conscious or you just don't like the flavor or what? Health conscious and it's too greasy. I don't like really greasy food. That's fair enough. Except for. If I have bacon, it's got to be extra crispy. Okay. Very nice. Extra crispy. We actually bacon. most bake our bacon in the oven at home, and it gets really crispy. 
and let it you know soak in the paper towels and try and get as much grease off it as possible. Do you do turkey bacon or do you like the real the real Sometimes, hog bacon? The the real bacon we use is right brand. Oh, it's the best. Oh, oh, oh. There was there was a uh, there was a woman I saw and I forget which it was. It was like one of those YouTube virtual cooking shows. She said you can make a healthy bacon by taking one of those um, vegetable peelers and uh-huh. you peel carrots into long strips. Okay, uh-huh. follow me on this. And then you take them and you soak them in a brine of Worcestershire sauce and liquid smoke. Really? And then you bake it. And evidently the Worcestershire sauce I don't think I'm saying that right. And the liquid smoke is supposed to give it a meaty flavor. Yeah. And then the carrot is supposed to give it its texture, its body. Right. Are we getting too crazy with this whole, I can make a healthy thing taste just as good as the real thing. You think we're going too far with this? Yeah, everything's good in moderation. I agree. I eat getta raw, but I heard that's not good. You eat what? Getta. You ever had getta? getta? No, what is it? We're going to have to end the show right now. Guys, this has been a great episode. You've never heard of Geta? No. Jerry Lynn, are no, you I serious? Have, I am. Here's, how do you spell it? I have not. G-O-E-T-T-A, Geta. Nope, never heard of it. This is the first a, time I've ever heard of it. It's a German thing. Um, so I want you, Pam or Annabelle, to consciously make a mental note. Next time you go to the grocery store, I want you to look or ask someone, do you carry Geta? You know what they'll say here? They'll what? look at me and go, you're not from these parts now, are you? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to they're like, give you a hard time. You ever hear of Hogjaw? I can't say I have. It's like a thick bacon. Okay. But down here, I had never heard of it, but down until I met Pam, it's a... Tradition on New Year's Eve for good luck is to eat hog jaw and black eyed peas. Oh, on New Year's Eve, under your what? Maybe it's right after New Year's. Wait a minute, do you say what? Like, would you say use your sleeve? What did you say at the end? No, eat it on New Year's Eve. Oh, eat it on New Year's Eve. Oh, I thought you said like eat it up your sleeve or eat it with your sleeve. No, no, no. No, it's like a good luck thing, but hog jaw and black eyed peas. Hog jaw and black eyed peas. So that's a it's a t- it's greens too, turnip greens. I'm not sure if that's part of it too. I don't know, I'll have to ask again. But it's I don't know. It's like a really thick bacon. Annabelle loves it, but is it as crispy as bacon or? No, it's more chewy. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Here in Cincinnati, get is a big thing, and. Uh, because we're so porkopolis. It? So it's oats, it's pork, and it's different spices. And it's it's wrapped, it's it almost looks like it comes in a tube. You know how you like you get that ground beef and all that in a tube? Yep. And it's gray. And what you do is you don't give me those judgy eyes. Ugh, and disgusting. And you can cut it in slices and then you can fry it. Get a G-O-E-T-T-A. It's probably also called Soylent Green. <laughs> <laughs> was it was that a Charlton Heston movie? 
Yes. Twilight That's Dreamers what I thought. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So you have to check that out. Let me know. Let me know if you oh, can thanks. find it at your store. Okay. And I'll look for uh, Lockjaw. I'll look for that at my local Kroger. Hogjaw. Hogjaw. Yeah. Hogjaw. Very nice. Yeah. Pickles pig feet. Have you ever had that? Oh, no. My mom used to eat that. It was disgusting watching her pull them out of the jar. It's a little creepy to see uh, a foot come out of yeah. a, a brine. It's a little different. It's a little disconcerting. Uh, a little uh, pig's hoof coming out of it. Oh. And she'd eat sardines, too. That was disgusting looking, too. Hey, that's a, that's a strong woman right there. You can stomach oh. that. You can stomach anything. And Pam eats chicken gizzards. Yeah. Gross. I use those for I use those for bait when I go catfishing. Chicken gizzards. I don't I don't intentionally eat that myself. What does she bake it, fry it? What does she do? She don't like I don't know. Maybe she tried to make them once, but if she can find a like a good soul food restaurant or something, she'll try them. But it's hard to find good chicken gizzards nowadays. Yeah, that's I a guess. phrase you don't hear don't every know. day. I've never heard of a good chicken gizzard. Neither have I. I've never heard of anybody saying, yeah, I'd love, love to get some of that. But it's so hard to find good internal organs to eat. And uh, Well, like people who like liver. Why do you want to eat the organ that filters out all the toxins in the body? That sounds, dis and it smells disgusting. Because they're sickos. That's why, Jerry. They're sickos. They're, <laughs> they, need, they need professional help. Okay. No one would do that. Yeah. No one in their right mind would do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me ask you this. 100 million tax-free dollars. 100 million tax-free dollars. I'm going to ask you this one question. You have one word that you can tell me. It's either a yes or it's a no. Okay, you ready? This has nothing to do with your hardcore. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with it. No, no okay, not at all. Ahead. By the way, I think that's going to ultimately affect my grade, but we'll see. <laughs> um, would you... You ready for this? Yeah. It's completely safe. There is no harm, no foul, no nothing. Okay. If this was, and you can have this prepared in any way that you choose, grilled, yeah. fried, uh, brazened, which I don't even know what that means. Is that even a cooking technique? Well, you, they used to have broilers on your oven. Like it used That's to be called that, broiled. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call it brazen, Jerry. Okay. Broiled, brazened, whatever you want to call it. Um, a human hand. No. Hold it, Jerry. A hundred million tax-free dollars. Wait, do you have to eat the whole thing? Well, not the bones, but they're they're not gonna have any fingernails on it. But it's just gonna be it's gonna be like. Do you have to eat the skin? See, I don't even like the skin off chicken. Fine, like we'll even, peel this. We'll peel the skin off first for so you. Just the meat. Just the meat. The meat of the hand. But you have to eat it off the bone. You have to hold it like a pork chop. I don't know if I could do that. You know, a, a hundred million tax-free dollars, Jerry. They literally came to your house and filled your pool up, and then it overflowed. Annabelle's smiling like you better, Dad. I was just <laughs> about to say. You never know. You never, it's a little creepy to ask. I understand no, that, but I'm just I, I can't. That's fair enough. That Maybe. Reminds me of that song, 
she'll eat your heart out like Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what song was that? I oh. forgot. Who sang oh. that? Oh, Katy Perry. Was it? Yes. Katie? Good grief. All right. Well, I tell you what, much like uh, much like acquired uh, food is an acquired taste, so is this show. But we do appreciate <laughs> the fact that you've taken time to stomach what we have delivered and uh, offered yeah. for you. If you enjoy what we are doing, please, by all means, go ahead and go on over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Help us climb the iTunes charts so more people can be aware of our show. Also, if you wouldn't mind going on to Twitter, Facebook, or any other social media site that you happen to frequent, let your followers know about Front Row Material. Maybe go ahead and drop the link in there as well and uh, share that. We would truly appreciate that. And if you'd like to go ahead and also get some Front Row Material merchandise, you can go on over to Pro Wrestling Tees, where you can get Jerry Lynn, Mikey Whipwreck, and the official Front Row Material podcast shirt. Or you can go over to our Spreadshirt account, and uh, I usually have that uh, embedded into my Twitter. I believe it is Spreadshirt. I want to say Spreadshirt.com or Spreadshirt.com forward slash Front Row Material, whatever. I'll go ahead and retweet that out. We got mugs. We got hats. We got scarves. We got the Kova masks. That's right. My mom calls it Kova. Got the Kova masks and uh, anything and everything in between. <laughs> Speaking of this, Jerry, I, I, I'm telling you what. My parents, God love them. I love them so much. My parents at their age are becoming so random with the things they talk about. It's it's weird. So, Well, I think I'm getting there too because I found out you start uh, losing your filter. <laughs> I don't know if they ever had one though. Oh, okay. It's they'll <laughs> the, literally go from they'll go from uh, Mike DeWine. They're upset that he's not on TV as much anymore. Uh-huh. I'm like, they're like, we missed the Mike DeWine show. I'm like, mom, DeWine. it wasn't a show. It was a it was a pandemic briefing. But oh, I like that guy. Oh, and it'll go okay. to we went to Walgreens and then we well, went you know to what. We do this on we do that on this show. We do. Yes, we're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. We need prescription. Just like the uh, cannibal diet. Yeah, maybe that was a little too far, but you know what? At the end of the day, for a hundred million tax-free dollars, <laughs> with that diet, you can lose thirty pounds this month. <laughs> Doctor now making an appearance. Wow. <laughs> I don't think we could cap off the show any better than that. No, I gotta get going. Alright, well, for the healing and hopefully feeling better, Mikey Whipwreck. Mikey, we love you. We're thinking about you guys. Please send messages to Mikey, either DMs or whatnot. Uh, let him know you're thinking about him. For Jerry Lynn, the incomparable Jerry Lynn, the legend that is Jerry Lynn, which continues to grow each and every day. I am Mike Freeland with a brand new fresh haircut and uh, a patchy beard. (laughs) We will catch you next week. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. I was just about to say goodbye and I forgot to do something, Jerry. I can't even believe this. Hold on. I'll make this really quickly, but this is super important. So our good friend Mojo Riverfish, EJ Miller, we all know Mm -hmm. him, right? Yep. He is actually starting a brand new podcast. 
And I wanted to mention this. It is at Room 13 Podcast and then the number one. And it is really, he's really pumped up about this project, guys. So for the Front Row Material listeners, if you guys would not mind going over, following Mojo Riverfish and checking out his new podcast, super wonderful person. Uh, I've talked to him on many occasions. Please check out his new podcast. It's going to be coming out, I believe, every single Sunday, a new episode will be released. He's going to be talking about life, everything that happens in life, lightheartedness to take the uh, the edge off of everything that's going on in our world today. So, EJ Miller, proud of you, and uh, yes, best of luck on that new podcast. All right. With that being said, you got like a pompa, you got like a pompadour going on with that hair right now. Look at you. I know. Looks super fluffy. Man, look at you. I was outside working on Halloween decorations. Oh. <gasps> Ooh, you, your backyard is so huge that you could probably no, have like the a front yard. Oh, the front yard, not the backyard, the front yard. Well, you could have your own like Halloween like haunted backyard. No, well, it's big enough, yeah, but you know what? That's too much work. True. I have a haunted trail back there. Yeah. Very nice. All right, guys, that is gonna do it. We will catch you next week on Front Row Material. The world of NLW Radio never stops.